skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Living Skin Podcast. It's Beth Bialco here, and it is a great day to talk skincare, but it's even a better day to talk about the business of skincare. So this episode is all about building your business, and it's part of that series where we love to feature business experts from around the world, sharing their experiences, their expertise, and of course, their best advice. Today, we travel to Australia to the Macquarie Medispa, where we are going to be speaking with Carla McDermott, who is a director and owner of the spa. So welcome to the podcast, Carla. Thank you for having me back. We are so excited that you are with us today, because not only do you have such a great success story, and both of your spas are absolutely beautiful, but it's just a great honor to have you join us because you've got so many, I think, words of advice for our therapists tuning in today who are thinking about starting a business, or maybe they have started a business and they're looking for maybe some inspiration that even when things get tough, there's always you know a light at the end of the tunnel. So I've got a ton of questions for you, but before we jump into that, I'd like you, if you could just take a moment and tell us a little bit more about yourself, like where you're located, um, how you got started as a professional. Perfect. So I started back in 1997, studying as a skin therapist at a Dermalogica college. It's absolutely crazy. And I finished school in year 10. I knew exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be in life. And I wanted to be a, a skin and beauty therapist. Um, and I grew up in a little town west of Sydney and my college was in Sydney. So I had to travel every week on the buses and trains to get to beauty school. And then each week I'd come home and work in the local beauty salon three days a week. And I rotated that for the whole year to become a skin therapist. And then interesting enough, that little salon, a few years down the track, three years later, I worked for Dermalogica in the meantime. I've got a, the dream job um, working with the Australian team. But that little beauty salon that I did work experience with back in my first year in 1997 came up for sale. So it was a whole round journey of going and working in Sydney, learning at head office, working for salons. Every, it was really bizarre. Everywhere had Dermalogica that I've worked. Mm-hmm. And it is in my blood, that brand, <laughs> for 21 years. <laughs> And then I came, um, did a whole 360 of learning about business, marketing, hands-on, working long weekends, um, long hours in Sydney, busy spas because they're long hour businesses. And to come back to my little hometown of Bathurst, which is now not so little, and take over that that salon that I did work experience at in year 10. Um, back then, we sort of had two full-time, full-time staff and a part-time. There was only three girls in that salon. And to now, I've built it to two locations, over 21 staff and five visiting specialists. 
Wow. That's amazing. So kind of, it's almost like owning a business kind of chose you, like with all the signs that all the opportunities and the things that actually appeared to you. Would you, would you agree to that? Or were you thinking straight away, like at some point I'm going to own my business? I really just fell into it. It was yeah. a phone call with the past owner and I said, Terry, um, could I have you as a referee? I'm going to go for a job. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'd like to talk to you first. Mm -hmm. So it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> just fell into it. <laughs> no business training whatsoever. <laughs> well, and I think that's interesting that you pointed that out too, because I think for those, for those therapists who are thinking about owning a business, sometimes they might get a little shy about thinking, you know what, like I don't have business training or I'm not, you know, I didn't get a degree in business, but I think if you have the passion for it and the opportunity, and this is something that you feel like you really want to do that you can kind of, you know, learn those skills. Did you, what was your experience like when you decided like, okay, I'm taking on this business, I'm becoming the owner and I'm going to grow the business. What, what were you feeling when that happened? I think the biggest learning from everything was that we're so good at our trade and clients love us. So I could fill a column and I could work seven days a week and I could be crazily booked out for six to eight plus weeks ahead. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was a good therapist, but the business was just running itself for so many years. And so hence it didn't grow for a long time. Um, I was the number one breadwinner I and I used to not like that. I used to resent the fact that I was making the most money for the business and I couldn't come off treatments because then we wouldn't make money. Mm -hmm. So the turning point for me was when I just realised I couldn't be superwoman anymore doing the wages, the banking, the marketing, the clients. I was doing everything. I was cutting the wax strips on my bedroom floor at night seven days a week. I had no partner. I, I couldn't even get a boyfriend because my salon was my life. Mm -hmm. And I think now looking back, one of my biggest regrets, and I know you shouldn't have them, but my biggest regret and my advice to anybody would be to go and do some training probably in marketing and running a business first, because you can't get stuck in the room seven days a week. It's your business won't grow. Okay. So you need to have some help. And it wasn't until I stopped doing treatments and just even just started one day a week doing office work instead of doing office work at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. And when I started actually spending a day working on the business and having a day to do the wages and the marketing, I could do promotions. That's when the business started to grow a little. Mm -hmm. And when I cut another day and another day, and I just started really working on my business, it transformed the business. And that's when I needed to hire more staff. Um, I was I was already the trainer, but then it got to about eight years ago, I employed someone to be the trainer. Oh. And then the business kept growing and um, I now am full-time running the business. I don't do clients. I do a, a few um, marketing or um, sort of promotional, like at the moment I'm working with a young teenager for acne. Um, with a Dermalogica Pro Power Peel to get a great before and after shot. So I work with those sort of clients that I want to really target to grow the business as well. Mm -hmm. And that would be my advice is don't bury yourself in the treatment room full time if you want to grow your business. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's hard and, and, and maybe scary for someone too. Do you think, did you have any mm -hmm. hesitation of kind of letting go 
of those clients oh, or definitely. stepping out of the treatment room? Yeah. I still probably have nightmares over it because so many of the clients only wanted me and they didn't want to go to anyone else. Yeah. And so you had to train your staff to be exactly like you, which that takes a lot of time. Yeah. And then and the time you didn't have because you meant to be doing treatments. And then the, if the customer wasn't happy, I started off as saying 100% money back guarantee. Like if you're not happy with my employee, like we'll fix this for you. Um, and slowly a lot of the the clients and the guests were really happy to try other other girls but I can't tell you how many guests we lost at the same time as well but I knew for my mental health I couldn't be superwoman any longer I just couldn't keep yeah. doing it all yeah and it was either I sold the business I got to a stage where I either had to sell the business and just work mm -hmm. for them or I had to take charge and actually run the business because it was running it was running my life it's taking yeah. over yeah and I think I've heard a lot of you know owners say that too because you you know, it is your business. So you kind of feel like you need to be in everything. But I think what's a great piece of advice, like you said, is that you, you can't do it all. You know, you can definitely get in there get started, you know, there was a clientele, do your treatments, but at some point you need to step back and learn those key business skills like marketing and payroll and scheduling and, and all the things that come with owning it but also to carving mm. out that time. How did you how did you manage to kind of carve out some time for yourself? Like you said, you felt like the business was kind of running you. I still struggle with that. Do you? <laughs> I still think the business we all struggle runs with me. <laughs> so, and it, and it got to about, I was just thinking six years ago, I got the business to a really good um, stage and we were, we were outgrown our premises you know we've grown so much small staff that we actually could then afford to we gutted the whole building of Macquarie Medispo and Bathurst we completely gutted it and did a $200,000 renovation to rebrand with a new name new new branding everything um to then that being now we, we need to expand again from that renovation six years ago and then three years ago we opened our second location so none of that would have happened if I was still in the treatment room. Yeah. Full time. Yeah. No. And it's, it's just, yeah. and I think, I wonder if I'd have got off and ran the business in those first few years properly. Can you imagine what I, what could be Macquarie Medispa now? And I just, if we did it properly from the start and didn't burrow ourselves in the treatment room, mm -hmm. how imagine your businesses. Yeah. You can, yeah. It, yeah. The just incredible thinking about how. How could it have gone if if I, you know, knew at the beginning not to bury myself for nine years in that room, not not doing anything to grow my business? I just I just worked. I just needed to get a wage each week. Right, right. And I think that's I think that's also to many of um, very similar struggles to I think a lot of our therapists have, especially in that first year of opening, where mm -hmm. you're just like you said, I've got to make wages, I've got to have a paycheck, I've got to pay the bills, and if you're the kind of the the face and the hands of your business. Yeah, it's definitely tough. So when you found yourself stepping out, really getting into more of the marketing, being able to starting to to grow the business, do you feel it would, it, did it become just a natural progression for you to expand to another location? The second location came probably because um, there were some changes in the market in a nearby town and um, we've had a lot of department stores 
closing in Australia, um, I think because of the online marketing especially. Mm -hmm. So we had a big department store closing in the next town and we had a couple of um, skincare centres closing, but there was no Dermalogica stockist in that town and as well as the other brand we sell. So we had clients coming to us for skin treatments and buying products. We were posting products each week up there. Mm -hmm. So it just was a no-brainer. And that we have this amazing journey where as I stepped off the business and the business became more successful, we started winning awards. <laughs> it's the most bizarre journey and you go, it all makes sense. And as we started winning awards, the business kept growing mm -hmm. and we just won our very first International World Luxury Spa Award. And I was overseas at the time in Switzerland and I just it hit me. I'm like, if all the signs were pointing to a second location and if I'm going to do it, it has to be now. I okay. just won an international award. You know, the industry needed our help and clients were craving what we had as a service and a product. So it just made sense. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. I know that I was on your website. You have um, such a great component there that's talking about the awards that your business has won. But I, I think with those awards also goes hand in hand with how much hard work, right? That went into from day mm -hmm. one to this, how much hard work goes in, went into the training and also to your staff, right? That worked there. Um, and, you know, growing that staff as well. In your opinion, do you think that um, it's, it's uh, was easier to grow the business and the clients or trying to find the right staff to really, to expand the business on? Definitely the right staff because they can make or break your business. And that, that's a constant struggle, especially because I live, um, our towns are regional. So you don't have a lot of selection for who you employ. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely hard to find. And, and country people are clicky and they're very based on loyalty. Um, whereas I find many city salons people swap and change salons quite a lot. Whereas when you're in a regional town with 30 to 40,000 people only, they're loyal. They come, I've got the same clients that have been coming to us the entire 18 plus years I've been in business. So yeah. they're very loyal, but they'll only be loyal if you give them good service. Right. I mean, I think that also goes without saying is that that service mm. goes hand in hand. And also too, I think that the clients too know how much you love your business and how important it is yes. to you and then their overall their overall skin health and their overall positive experience. Um, and we were talking about too earlier, you were saying how, you know, definitely the experiences that you had, how things kind of one thing led into the other. Sometimes I hear that therapists, you know, they're getting out of business and, or they're, sorry, they're getting out of school and they're thinking right away, I, I'm out of school, I have my, you know, my licensing, I'm going to to open my own my own shop, my own business. Do you think that there's any truth to be said that oftentimes people may go into business too soon out of school? Do you think it's important for them to get out there and get the experience first? I think it depends on what happened before beauty college. Um, I know for me, my family had a business growing up till I was twelve. I lived in the family business of the local hotel with my grandparents mm -hmm. and my family so I had business in my blood from a very young age that I didn't realize until probably eight years ago mm -hmm. um, but also working at Dermalogica head office taught me a lot about business and marketing and paying bills and then working at salons taught me a lot about what not to do 
how to treat staff and things, different ways to do treatments. So I do feel if you have more experience in a variety of areas, it will help you. I do also feel if you're wanting to have a business, it depends if it's a home business or a small salon or you're aiming big. But I, if I had my time again, I would have done a marketing and social media course first. And if you're wanting to have a bigger salon, I really think it's important to have a training qualification to train staff properly because I've learned so well that everybody learns differently. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to train staff to have a bigger business, you need to be able to know how to train them if you're the trainer. Right. And that was just something I had to learn on my journey and since went and undertook those courses. So I think it depends if, you know, it depends on the age of the person if they've worked for other companies first or if they're straight out of school, I'd probably get some experience first because you're going to learn what works and what doesn't and you might not, you know, so many businesses don't work within those first years. So yeah. it's really important to at least know you know, you don't want to go broke in your first three years and be turned off the industry. Right, right. And I think that's a great point that you said is like also getting the experience of knowing like what what really works, also even to what you really like and then learning lessons from, okay, that was that didn't work for me or this isn't a good experience or if, if I had a business, I would run it maybe this way or train my staff differently or have this type of experience as well. Because I think too, a lot of people who go into into a a salon, maybe sometimes they think about doing a full service salon, but maybe skin, only skin is their passion or they maybe are missing something. How did, did you know, like from the get go that that's what you were going to, to stay within just like the skincare services or did you ever contemplate doing, doing, adding other types of additional options to your, to your menu? We, um, I was blessed when I worked for Leonard Drake, Dermalogica's Skin Centre, mm-hmm. that was skin, o- skin only. Yeah. So my waxing skills um, and my nail skills didn't really progress because it was quite a time of my career that I just did facials. And so it was interesting that then when I had my own business, to this day I have never done a Brazilian wax. <laughs> I've just <laughs> done skin. Yeah. And therapists think that's hilarious and I'm like oh it was just people are attracted you you know your vibe attracts your tribe and I love skin um and that's what I enjoy doing the most so that's what I ended up I think clients just that's how they flow to you so some therapists are better and do a lot of waxing some are fantastic at lashes and I think you just your vibe attracts your tribe and that's who your clients become and I also learned that being a skin therapist was very rewarding and my I just loved making people feel better and I suffered with acne and still get hormonal breakouts Mm -hmm. and I just love being able to help people with their skin Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's just that's one of the key things that that as a therapist just you no matter how many years you've been in the business that still is such like that the underlying piece of like why you do what you do is just really helping people Mm -hmm. feel feel really good in their skin as well you talked a lot about training and, um, you know, training your staff. And actually now you have someone who does education and training for you at your business. Um, how has education and continued learning impacted your career and your business and even into your expansion into your second location? I credit all of the success of the business to training because I know back 21, 20 years ago with I, I was a therapist at a spa in Sydney and I actually got in trouble 
for, I hope my old bosses are listening, I got in trouble <laughs> for taking, they wanted me to work more shifts at this particular spa hotel. And I said, I can't, I'm actually booked into Dermalogica training. <laughs> and I had it taken upon myself to book myself in my own time to attend the courses at IDI and Dermalogica. And um, I remember getting in trouble that I wasn't available to work. <laughs> and it has helped me so much. Um, every week we are learning, every day one of our team members would have training booked in in services uh, with our business reps that come into the business. Um, this week we had the Beauty Expo in Australia and we had several of us in education classes there. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. It keeps, it keeps me current. It um, helps me help others. Only this morning I've received an email from another business owner asking if I will mentor or coach her. Um, and I just think that's what keeps us ahead is our education. And I, I'm someone who gets bored very easily, so I have to keep learning. And you, you can't get bored or stagnant when you're a business owner because the rest of your team feeds off your vibes. And mm -hmm. you have to just, if you love what you do, it'll just come naturally to just want to keep studying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in our industry, I feel is one that just constantly is changing. I feel that, you know, even things that were, were popular, you know, now that six months from now, there's going to be something new. You know, there's always like a new ingredient. There's always a new technique that you really never really stop learning. And I'm glad you said that too, as an owner, to stay really current and involved in the education. Um, when you were, I know you have some other different lines that you use too. Well, so when it comes to a professional product line, what factors would you suggest a, you know, an upcoming business owner take into consideration that are there anything like a checklist that you have when it comes to partnering with um, another a professional product line? I've been really blessed. I've had the same product lines for the entire time. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I get, I get sent and dropped off products most weeks from other companies and I just push them to the side because I've got what I know works and it's support um, loyalty, obviously, education, and um, I love, you know, with Dermalogica, all the marketing materials and the, the samples of every single product because clients have to try before they buy mm -hmm. and also your team need to try them. Um, yes. But the education, ongoing support, and now with online education and D-Stream, we live in a regional area, so we are not, you know, it's three hours to our closest um, education facility. So, it's just wonderful now with technology. We can all study from our bedrooms or at work any 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. like such a huge difference. And I, I think it's just also a great testament to, to you and to your staff and to your business that, that you're just continuing to learn and finding those options. So even if, like you mentioned, you're three hours away from the closest facility, but that hasn't stopped you, right, from continuing to kind of learn and have that education. So definitely loyalty, you mentioned marketing, um, you know, education opportunities, which I think is so key as well. Do you have any like lessons learned? I know everyone, every like therapist always listens to our business and building your business series is always like, you know, okay, what's like your best lessons learned or key tips that you can share about being an entrepreneur in the skincare industry? I think we touched on it earlier with making time for for you first mm -hmm. um, and not getting buried in the business. Mm -hmm. I think I, I really 
I really missed looking after me and just going to the gym. I didn't do so many of those little basic things that I was giving to everybody else so much, but I wasn't doing things for myself. And I think that would be the one thing um, we can get really caught up. And I can only imagine how hard it must be for mums or single mums, um, people trying to run a household with kids. I've been blessed. I didn't have that. Um, I don't know how I would have coped if I had children. And part of me doesn't have children because I've, I've got my businesses with my baby. Mm-hmm. But it's that would be the one thing to delegate time for you for your health. Um, recently, something so little, because I, I realised how much I was sitting down all of the time and then I'm sitting driving between salons and I'm sitting at the desk doing all the office work and I was getting a really bad hip and I just, now I've changed my desk, I invested in a stand-up desk and different chairs and you really need to invest in your health because yeah. you do just give yourself to so many people. I thought I'm going to need a hip replacement yeah. and um, it's they say sitting is the new cancer and I just thought I'm sitting all day and so as a business owner, you really need to be able to look after your health and make mm-hmm. those changes because so many of us are put ourselves last. Yeah. It's true because you're just, you're doing everything for the business and it's a, it's a constant, it's like a 24 seven kind of you know, thought process of, you know, what you're, what you're doing, what you're building, what you're making, you know, training, education, and it is hard to take a step back and kind of slow down mm. and take care of yourself because I feel like definitely if you can't, if you yourself are being taken care of, it's really tough to be able to be giving to a client definitely. Or giving to you know even um, even to your your staff as well. How do you how do you decide on what service selection you have or new protocols you're going to add or any updates to your menu? How do you stay creative when it comes to that? As far as not having either too much or too little, or making sure too that your your clients always feel there's something fresh. It's interesting that you ask that because only yesterday we updated our treatment menus completely. So um, each year, obviously, every business needs to have a price increase. But we also deleted two of our least performing services um, and also asking our teams what they, what treatment they don't like to do because it's really important. I learned at the Beauty Expo on the weekend in Sydney, Make sure your staff love what they're doing because otherwise if they don't, you are probably going to get complaints from customers that aren't happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just did that and then I added on um, a beautiful new warm lava shell massage to the menu for getting ready for Christmas gifts, a new Christmas gift idea. Um, so it, it is important to keep changing it. I feel less is best. Um, we have a menu in the in the business that's a little bit smaller with not as much information because it does get confusing for the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but our website obviously does have a has more explanation and and goes into more detail on the website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's perfect because I think that's I love how you said that less is best because sometimes, like you said, clients can get overwhelmed and you don't want your menu feeling like a six page, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm flipping through it and trying to decide. And sometimes it's hard for a, a client to know when they come in, they think they should be coming in for maybe an aging skin treatment, but really their skin's dehydrated. So it's, it's kind of, I think it's great to be able to have the staff that can direct them to that. And I love the fact that you said talking to your staff and what do they like to do? 
You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. a great, great piece of advice because if you don't really like to do that service, you're kind of like hoping that nobody books it. And maybe when you do the service, it's not always like, right, you're right. You're best from that. Do you have a, a service that you find is one of your most popular at your location? Any skin treatment. Mm -hmm. and, and we used to have like the list used to have 30 facials on it. And so simplifying that and now getting clients to book now by time and like with Demologic have their modules. So it's more picking how long would you like your skin treatment to be because we'll add in more massage, we'll add in, um, you know, a different mask. Yes. And that simplified it for people a lot more. And then definitely skin treatments for us. And in Australia, laser hair removal is really popular, but I know in the States, skin therapists can't do laser, can they? No, it, de it depends on your licensing, the state that you're in, and it also depends on where you're working. So definitely if you're at a med okay. spa, it all depends on training and kind of there is a physician on site to do supervision. So it all kind of varies that way. Okay. Um, it gets a little That's bit. That's still really a booming, booming yeah. industry for us is mm -hmm. laser hair removal and, and laser skin treatment. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you find that you were... Um, then I know you offer a little bit more of some of the, the, the MediSpa options. And I know you have a few days a week that you have some experts coming in. How did you kind of move into that direction or, or how did you blend the two between your skincare and more of your, more of your medical aesthetic type of procedures? Mm -hmm. I think it's um, all in the trends. So obviously the last few years, cosmetic tattooing has just really boomed again and microblading eyebrows. So these specialists have learned that in Sydney, the markets are saturated in the city and but the regional communities right around Australia, they had the gaps of no specialists. So to be able to be really good at microblading eyebrows or, you know, injectables or laser, different laser treatments, there's a real market in travelling and getting businesses in the regional areas. So, and the same with our laser expert, she, every day of the week, she's in a different clinic in a different town. And she can be, she's fully booked. But if she was just in Sydney, she might not be fully booked because there's so much competition in that same suburb. Um, and then she can have seven different pieces of equipment that are someone like mine. We can't afford to have that many pieces of equipment to not be booked out. Yeah. So it just allows us to offer other treatments that aren't available in our communities because um, the clients would have to travel three, four hours to get them. Right, right. I think that's so smart too. And I think it also too is just working with the industry and the trends and being aware of those mm -hmm. and what's happening and how to adapt that into your space. If it fits, you know, it's not always for everyone, but I think if it fits and it kind of also fits maybe what your clientele are asking for or really interested in as well. Is there anything in particular that you are excited about for both of your locations moving forward? Anything like where do you where do you see the business going in let's say the next five years? In the next five years, I dare say both will have had another renovation because staying up to date and looking beautiful, you just need to constantly be evolving and you know, so the clients aren't getting bored as well as well as your staff. Right. Um, both businesses, we're looking at creating our own makeup line and bringing that into the business. So that's a big thing I've been working on for many months now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just continually improving what we do and, you know, working out how could we improve our facials? What what else could we do that's better? Um, 
you know, and just perfecting it. And the great thing with the companies we work with, like Dermalogica, you are always evolving. So we know there's going to be new treatments, new products every every six months, really. We've got new things always happening. So that keeps us um, on our toes as well. And mm -hmm. I suppose in five years, we don't know what the buzz is going to be in the industry. Our, our industry is changing so quickly. Um, so I dare say there'll be some new amazing technology out by then mm -hmm. um, that's probably not even created yet. Right, right. And I don't know, it's crazy, but I love it. And I think going to, you know, the beauty expos and learning new treatments and seeing what the new trends are. I like to see um, when I go to the States and I do the beauty expo, I like to see what is the busiest stand on the floor. And that's where I go and hover and see what's going on over there. And then I found that that particular brand or product gets to Australia about four or five years later, but at least we jumped on it back then. And so now I find those brands are getting popular in Australia or just launching at our beauty expos. So it's mm -hmm. it's being ahead and getting to the expos overseas and, and seeing what the trends are before it gets to Australia. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your, you know, your advice, your expertise. I think you've got such great learning points from our conversation today that I know our listeners are going to take away some really valuable pieces of educational nuggets that will help them definitely expand as well. So thank you for just joining us and being here on the podcast with me. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Dermalogica, because you are a massive part of my success story. Your, the, the support, the education, the training, the product, in my blood and it is definitely a reason of why I'm wearing today. Well, you are definitely a shining example of like hard work and passion and really just kind of following your heart in this industry. So thanks again. We're wishing you all the best of luck. Um, super excited. Congratulations on your three year anniversary for your one location. And uh, maybe we should put in our calendars to get together in five years and see what's happening in the industry again. Right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely, yes. <laughs> that sounds good. Thank you so much, Carla. Thanks, Beth. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.